you pray with me, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I had just gotten my food and was sitting down at a table when he walked up to me and said rather softly, As I said, I had just gotten my food and I was sitting down at a table when he walked up to me and said rather softly, excuse me, sir, but do you have any change? It had been a really long day with a funeral and a committal service and a staff meeting and committee meetings in the evening. I was exhausted and really didn't want to deal with yet another person in need that day. All I really wanted to do was to eat my hamburger and read a few paragraphs in the novel that I've been trying to read for two weeks. I'm sorry, but I don't have any change with me, I said. I sat down and looked in the opposite direction. The young man, probably no more than 25, pulled his backpack closer and started to walk away. My heart broke. I was exhausted, and all I really wanted to do was eat and relax, but I felt like a jerk for dismissing someone who clearly just needed a little bit of compassion. Wait, I said. I don't have any change, but if you're hungry, I'll buy you a meal. His face lit up, and it was clear he hadn't eaten all day. I left my food setting on the table in that McDonald's as we walked back up to the counter. I told him he could have whatever he liked, but when the attendant asked him what he wanted, the young man replied simply, I'll just have a small cheeseburger. He didn't say anything else. And the woman behind the counter looked at me and then I looked at her and my heart was breaking. Really, you can have whatever you want. I said as I looked at him. I looked him in the eyes for the first time at that point. It's okay, really, order what you want. Are you sure, he asked. Yes, I'm sure, I replied. He looked at the woman behind the counter again and said, Can I have a Big Mac combo and a small fries and a small drink? She nodded and rang up the purchase, and I paid for the food and wished the young man a nice evening, and then I went back to my table. As I sat there eating my own dinner, I watched the young man take his food and sit down and pray over it and then eat quietly. He was clearly hungry, but he seemed to savor each bite. 
my own food was beginning to taste like sawdust. And I realized that I'd almost brushed this man aside without any concern for him whatsoever because I was too concerned about my own needs. I bowed my head and I asked for forgiveness. My food didn't taste any better, but I did begin to feel the frustration of the day flow out of me as I realized that I had almost missed an opportunity to care for someone in need because I had allowed the responsibilities of my own day to overwhelm me. As the young man finished his meal, he got up to leave, and after throwing away his trash, he came over and said, Thank you, sir. I really appreciate your kindness tonight. You're welcome, I said as he walked out the door into the night. One of my mentors used to say all the time, you only have within you to give what you have within you. If you're completely exhausted, you have nothing left to give anyone, much less yourself. She was right. Jesus knew that too. That's why he challenges the disciples to come away from the crowds and the concern for others for just a little while to get some rest and to take care of themselves. As we've traveled along with Jesus and the disciples through most of these early chapters of the Gospel of Mark, we've seen a continual struggle growing between Jesus and the religious and political leaders. They're afraid of him because they think he's going to be like every other Messiah who's come along and tried to lead a rebellion against Rome. They were dependent upon keeping the peace with Rome, both for their power in society and for their lives of relative comfort. An open revolt against those powers would have cost them greatly. They fear that Jesus is going to put their safety and security at risk, and so they're determined to stop him at all costs. For his part, Jesus knows the opposition that he faces. He understands what is at risk for those in power, but he also knows that there's no way he can ever convince them that he's not going to lead a rebellion against Rome. They've misunderstood who he is. Jesus has come to change the way they live and the way that those around them live. He's determined to transform both individuals and society as a whole through building stronger community where every human being is welcome and where the bounty of creation is shared freely and equally by all. In the end, it's good news for all people, for everybody. But the initial idea of it is a challenge to the way of life enjoyed by those in power. Realizing that he couldn't do everything alone and knowing that the healing of the world depends upon others sharing in this ministry, Jesus commissioned members of his own group of followers 
to go out and teach others, to heal those who were in need, and to share the good news of a different way of life with them. Today's reading picks up just as they're returning to Jesus. They've seen great success, and they report their adventures joyfully to Jesus, who listens with great interest. You can almost see them yawn, though, as they share their excitement about the work they've done. Jesus definitely sees that exhaustion in them and invites them to come away from it all and rest for just a little while. If only it was that easy. Even as they try to get away, the crowds press in on them, demanding to see Jesus and those whom he has empowered to teach and heal. Mark tells us that they were so insistent on following the disciples in their every move that the disciples couldn't even sit down and eat a meal. Jesus knows that this will never do. There's no way the disciples can do the work he's charged them to do if they can't even take care of themselves. And so he gathers the disciples with him and tries to get away. But even then, Jesus ends up being so deeply moved with compassion for the crowds that he ends up sitting down and teaching them himself. Our reading today skips over it, but this leads to the feeding of the multitudes when evening comes and none of the disciples or anyone in the crowd has yet eaten. We'll hear that story next week. But instead, the lectionary skips over the feeding, and we have this continuation of Jesus and the disciples trying to get away from the crowds again. It isn't that they're denying the reality of the need among those around them, only that they need rest and recreation and renewal if they are to be able to help all those who are in need. Jesus sends the disciples into a boat across the water, away from the crowds for that much-needed rest, and he climbs a mountain by himself to be alone and pray. But then he sees the disciples in need on the lake, and he goes out to them on the water, terrifying them at first, but trying to calm their exhausted and frazzled hearts. When they all end up on the other side of the lake, though, they discover the crowds have followed them. They've heard about Jesus' power and authority, his courage in standing up to the religious and political leaders, and his ability to heal. And so they come flocking to him, and they bring all of those who were sick and in need. You're getting an idea of how exhausting this must have been for Jesus. That's what Mark wants you to hear. It was exhausting. I mean, completely and totally exhausting. Anyone who has ever worked with children knows that feeling. You can't get a moment's peace to yourself because there's always someone who needs you or some situation that demands your attention. It's so overwhelming you forget to sit down, to eat, or sometimes even to use the bathroom. When the end of the day comes, you're so exhausted, you simply fall into bed fully clothed and drift off into a deep sleep, only to wake up the next morning still exhausted from the physical and emotional stress of the previous day. 
Jesus knew that kind of stress. He lived with it constantly, and he sought to teach the disciples to deal with it because he knew that they too would face it. Jesus challenged them to take time for themselves to get away from the crowds for a while and to rest their bodies and their minds. He urged them to pray and to remember why they were drawn to the work of ministry in the first place. These are important lessons that Jesus taught the disciples, but they're lessons that he struggled with himself, and the disciples didn't do much better. They struggled to find a way to slip away for some much-needed rest, but they also discovered how difficult it was to say no to those who were in need. It shouldn't surprise us that Jesus taught the importance of rest. He was a devout Jew, one who had grown up and been nurtured to faith in a community that valued Sabbath. Jesus understood that God created the world and rested from the labors. The Jews who raised Jesus taught him to understand that even God needed a rest. And if God needed a rest, then surely human beings created in the image of God also need rest. We look around at our lives today, and I'm not sure we've yet learned that lesson. It isn't just that we dedicate ourselves to helping those in need. Instead, we've also busied our lives with far more than either Jesus or the disciples might have imagined. These last several years especially have seen all of us dealing with more stress than we could possibly have imagined. The political and economic turmoil has left us reeling Add to it the overwhelming reality of the pandemic and the worry about family and friends and livelihood. And it's just been a perfect storm of anxiety. Yet for most of us, it's been hard to unplug from that constant stream of news and commentary that bombard us on a regular basis. Our phones have chimed constantly with updates about this crisis or that emergency. And all of it is important, of course, and we want to stay informed and engaged. In fact, the very idea of shutting off the television or powering down our computers or even turning off our cell phones has seemed selfish at best and reckless at worst. Yet the same Jesus who invited the disciples to come away from it all for a few hours of rest invites us to do just that, to leave it all behind for just a short period of time, to rest, to be renewed, and to reclaim the calm that can only come from taking the time to care for ourselves. The great Leonardo da Vinci, one of the most creative and productive human beings who's ever lived, once wrote, every now and then go away. Have a little relaxation for when you come back to your work, your judgment will be sure since to remain constantly at work will cause you to lose power of judgment. 
go some distance away because then the work appears smaller and more of it can be taken in at a glance and lack of harmony or proportion is more readily seen. George Fox, the great founder of the Quakers, said it a little differently. Carry some quiet around inside of you. Be still and cool in your own mind and spirit from your own thoughts. And then you will feel the Spirit of God turn your mind to the one from whom comes life, whereby you may receive the strength and the power to allay all storms and tempests. Jesus knew that life would be hard. Poverty, injustice, suffering, these things will be with us until the end of time. It doesn't mean we give up working to end them, but Jesus reminds us to take some time to care for ourselves, our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our spirits, that we might have the strength to endure through the long struggles of life. That same Jesus invites us to the table this morning to experience a few moments of rest in the presence of God to be nourished by the one who bore the weight of the world and to be strengthened for the challenges that lie ahead. Amen.